to the Quarantine Players Podcast. We are a group of writers, directors, and actors who had our productions canceled due to the pandemic. Each week, we'll read a new play and discuss it with a playwright, just like Shakespeare. We aspire to create new work during a global pandemic. You know, that time, you know, she's bleeding. Bleeding? I didn't notice anything. When did that happen? I don't know. Probably yesterday or the day before or something. She's been bleeding for days and you didn't call a doctor? What? No, a doctor's not going to do anything about it. We just have to wait it out. Let me get this straight. Hey. This is way more than I ever wanted to talk about this. So maybe you can just tell me where Mari is and we don't have to discuss this anymore. This play has an iguana for a protagonist by Liz Dooley. Lights up on Arthur in Mari's living room. Uh, hello. So, Mari and I were going to... Oh, Mari's my friend. My person. Mine. Don't make her sad in front of me if you value your fingers. I mean that. But yeah, I was going to ask her if she wanted to do this thing where we talked about our lives so I didn't have to stand here staring into the middle distance saying... I'm an iguana, and Mari's my only friend, and this is what our lives are like, and by the way, I can talk. And she's usually really cool about it when I ask her to do things like that, but today she told me, Arthur, not today. And besides, there's no real audience. You're just imagining it because then you have an excuse to narrate what you're doing, which is true, but it's a bit harsh. So. I'm wondering, oh, Mari, hey. I don't sound like that. I mean, not usually, but I'm sorry. It's fine. Do we have any cereal? It should be in the thing. Hey, Mari, are you okay? I'm not feeling well, I'll get over it. So yeah, in lieu of that, I'm an iguana, and Mari's my only friend, and I'm sorry, you caught that too, right? She said she wasn't feeling well. That's weird. I can usually tell if she's sick. We're pretty close. Again, my human. The only real problem I have with Mari isn't even a problem with her. It's her boyfriend. Now, I'm never going to think anyone's good enough for Mari per se, but Jeff... Well, <laughs> hey there, Arthur Pendragon. I could pick uh, out a better man in my sleep. Hey. I celebrate you. Hey there, Arthur Pendragon. Uh, uh. I tolerate you. Hey, brilliant idea. What if I called you Zardos after the movie, but also then you'd be Lizardos, like lizard, you know? Cause you're a lizard. How dare you? That is Jeez. our word, 
Sheesh, what's gotten into you? If you must know, I'm worried about Mari. Something wrong? Yes, actually. She's tired and kind of emotional. And I mean, it happens and she's entitled to her emotions, but she also said she isn't feeling well. So I don't know what that's about. And I'm worried she might be sick. And you're the boyfriend, so I have to say, the fact that you don't already know that reflects pretty poorly on your performance, if you ask me. Oh, you know what it is. It's probably that time. You know, that time, you know, she's bleeding. Bleeding? I didn't notice anything. When did that happen? I don't know. Probably yesterday or the day before or something. She's been bleeding for days and you didn't call a doctor? What? No, a doctor's not gonna do anything about it. We just have to wait it out. Let me get this straight. Hey, this is way more than I ever wanted to talk about this. So maybe you can just tell me where Mari is and we don't have to discuss this anymore. Okay, so apparently Mari either has some horrifying new disease or was terribly injured at some point when I wasn't there to intervene. And either way, she's been bleeding out for days and she's beyond medical assistance. And all this dying is making her irritable. That makes sense. Wait, no, no, stop. Brave face. We have to do what's best for Mari. I am an iguana. The iguana is a noble creature. And I think the noble thing to do at a time like this is to put her out of her misery before it gets worse. Scene two. Lights up on Mari, sitting on a couch, reading. Hi, Ma- <clears throat> Hey, Mari. Oh, hey, Arthur. Listen, I'm sorry about snapping at you earlier. I- I'm just not feeling so great today, but I'm kind of out of it, you know? No, I completely understand. It's okay. Thanks. Um, I might be here a while, but uh, you can turn on the TV if you want. Is it okay if I just sit with you? Of course, bud. Arthur sits next to her and puts his head on her knee. So, what are you reading? Is it any good? It's pretty good, yeah, but the romantic subplot is a little convoluted. Can I get you anything? No, I'm good. I just took some ibuprofen. I'm just, I'm waiting for that to kick in. Mari, uh, just so you know, I can take care of Jeff. So if you're worried about that, you know, don't be. It'll be fine. Arthur, for the last time, I don't want you to hire a hitman for my boyfriend. I like my boyfriend. I know. That's not what I... Mm-hmm. Mari? No, I'm sorry. Um, God, I wish the ibuprofen would kick in already. I, uh, do you want to hear about the rabbits? 
What rabbits? Oh my God, do we have rabbits under the porch again? Oh, did you see them? Are they just... After <laughs> lunges to bite Mari's throat, Mari blocks him at the very last minute. He ends up biting Mari hard on the wrist. Ow! What was that for? It's okay. Don't struggle. Don't struggle? What are you talking about? Jesus, already bleeding. Just trust me, Mari. Everything's going to be okay. Sit down. What has gotten into you? I, okay. I'm gonna wash this out, get a bandage, and then you and I are gonna have a nice long talk about appropriate responses to stimuli. You need help? No, thanks, I've got it, just stay. Okay. I'm not surprised, of course. Denial and anger are the first and second stages of grief, after all. It's clearly going to take more of an effort on my part, especially if she's going to fight back. So, uh, hold that thought. Okay. Now, do you want to... Arthur? Arthur! Scene three. Mari! Mari jumps out from behind the couch and pins Jeff to the floor with his arms behind his back. What in the? <laughs> oh, it's you. Yeah, it's me, let me up. Sorry, it's, it's turning into a day. Did you get them? Yeah, I got the cereal and also got the tranquilizer darts. Now, do you mind telling me what's going on? Mwah. Thanks, babe. You're the best. By the way, um, what martial arts do you know? Because um, I know like three and I was hoping we could cover each other's weak spots. Martial art? Why do we even need all this? Because Arthur's lost his mind. Look, he bit me. Oh, you know iguanas. They can get a little hostile sometimes. A little, it's kind of insensitive of you to generalize like that. Besides, it's, it's not just the biting. He's chased me with a knife. He's tried dropping things on my head. He put drain cleaner into my coffee. Have you tried talking to him? He's not listening. He just... Arthur smashes into the room. Why are you making this harder than it needs to be? Is that a Gundam? I'm not enjoying this either, Mari. How? It, it, when did you get your hands on a Gundam? Do you think this is easy for me? Do you think I'm having fun? Beca because I'm not, Mari. <laughs> Mari presses a button on the robot and it powers down. How'd you know that work? Girls in STEM camp. Arthur? No, babe, don't touch him. He's gonna bite you again. Nobody asked you, Cretan. Hey, calm down. I'm gonna come talk to you, but you have to promise you won't bite me or, or try to stab me again, okay? Mari gently takes Arthur out of the mech suit. He curls up into her shoulder. You wanna tell me what's going on, bud? I don't want you to die. 
are you sure? Because that's not the impression I'm getting. Why didn't you tell me? I could have, I don't know what, but something. I still have no idea what you're talking about, bud. <sighs> okay, I think I get it now. If you want to just have a normal day, then that's what we'll do. I mean it, I'm sorry I scared you. Euthanasia isn't for everybody. What? First of all, yes, euthanasia is absolutely something you talk about beforehand. Second, chasing someone with a knife isn't exactly euthanasia. In the first place, at best, it's, it's manslaughter. And third, what makes you think I'd need it? He said you were dying. What? No, I didn't. You said that she was bleeding for days and the hospital wasn't going to do anything about it. Stop. Both of you. Stop it. Jeff, I want to talk to you in private, please. Start talking. Me? What did I do? Well, I don't know, Jeff. But would you like to explain to me why a crying iguana just smashed up my house? I'm not crying. Shut up. I told him it was that time. And then when he asked what that meant, I said you were, you know, bleeding. That's the best description you could come up with? I don't know. It was awkward. More awkward than all of this? I'm sorry. I thought he already knew. I mean, you think his parents would have told him about it. He's never met his parents. And even if he had, they were reptiles. Wait. Reptiles don't get periods? Oh my God. Jeff, I was not mentally prepared for the day that I'm having, but thanks to you, I'm having it anyway. And it's gonna be a minute before you live that down. Yeah, okay. Arthur, hi. Yeah, I'm not bleeding out. I'm not even actually bleeding. There aren't any veins involved. What's going on is, I'm on my period. Period of what? Okay, so um, mammals don't lay eggs. They only have babies at, at certain times. And if they don't, they have to get rid of all the prep work their organs were doing and, and start over. And that's what's happening now. It's harmless. That sounds like a bunch of elaborate nonsense you made up to make me feel better. Well, it's not. But you're hurt. I saw you, you were taking ibuprofen and you were hurt. I mean, yeah, it, that's just part of it. it. It sucks, but I've been getting through it for once a month for years. I'll get through it again. Once a month? How'd I miss that? No idea. So you promise you're not dying? No, bud. And I'd tell you if I was. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Man, egg on my face. I was going to kill you for no reason. <laughs> Awkward. Yes. Awkward. I hope you're not mad at me. I'm not mad. But what exactly are we going to do about all the damage? 
I mean, I was grieving, so I can't really be held responsible for my actions. He's the one who gave me misinformation, so he should take care of it. It's not a one-person job, but I will need your help loading the car. Does this mean we're driving the truck? Sure does. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> But I can keep the robot, right? What? Don't look at me like that. It's not like any of you told me either. And I'm keeping this robot. I worked hard on it. I should, uh, I should probably find some, you know, glue or something. Stay tuned for part two. Uh, hey guys, I can explain. So, I'm getting the sense that there are some questions. Questions like, is that iguana talking to me? And where did the huge metal box come from? And maybe, didn't someone tell me you used to have a giant robot? Where did that go? And those are really good questions. So, in that order, yes I am, we'll get to that. The robot is gone and we're really not supposed to talk about it anymore. So. You may or not know this about me, but I actually live with my best friend, Mari. She's my human. I love her more than any other living thing. And I promise I'm not making this up, but once a month, she bleeds nonstop for a few days. It's called a period. And don't worry, it's perfectly normal for mammals and it doesn't mean she's sick or injured. But obviously when you hear that, bleeding for days thing with no context it can be kind of look i thought she was dying it was this whole big thing let's not get into it because as i said earlier we're not supposed to talk about the giant robot anymore but don't worry once i realized what was happening i did my due diligence i went online and looked up everything that i could and what i learned was well, what I learned was that the world is terrifying and everybody is mad at everybody else. But the other thing I learned was that the human period is crazy. Seriously. For example, it's a perfectly normal and uneventful thing, but it's also a waking nightmare of pain and bloating. And it's a sign of moral impurity but it's also toxins leaving the body, and sometimes it gives you magical powers. It's all very confusing, and I don't know where to start, so I just decided to go ahead and believe all of it. I mean, they couldn't put it up there for everyone to read if it wasn't 100% true, right? Which brings us to this thing. During my research, I learned that animals are way more likely to bite humans on their periods. Animals, like iguanas, always go crazy and bite humans, like Mari, on their periods. I could never, I could completely lose it and, and hurt her. And the last thing I ever, ever want to do is hurt Mari again. So I built the box. It took me all month, but I finally finished it made of a bunch of different metals, not iron, because another thing I learned is that Mari's blood can rust iron now. So 
By my math, Mari should have started her next period either yesterday or today. So as long as I stay in the box, she'll be safe. I know it's a little extreme, but nothing, and I mean nothing, is more important than Mari's safety. Arthur! Ah! I mean, I can't help feel it, but feel a little insulted. It's only because I love you. I love you too, bud, but I'm not building a solitary confinement chamber in the middle of the living room to prove it. Hey, everybody. Am I interrupting something? No, you're fine. Arthur's just overreacting again. Am not. What if I bite you? What if you do? I'll just deal with it. That's not how you were acting last time. That's because last time you were biting to kill. And stabbing to kill and smashing to kill, poisoning to kill. Okay, the point is, I feel like we've all learned our lesson since then. <sighs> Wait, lesson? Oh yeah, no, totally. I totally learned my lesson, all learned up. That's a, uh, yeah, that's me. That's all well and good. But what if I lose control and try to kill you again and then wake up covered in your blood and I can't find you because I've ripped your throat out? You're not a werewolf, Arthur. Jeff, would you help me out here? Tell Arthur that- Don't bring your boyfriend into this. Besides, when's the last time he actually knew what he was talking about? Jeez, thanks. Arthur, that's not very polite. Please trust me, Mari. It's for your own good. Remember what happened last time you decided what was for my own good? Wait, I thought we weren't talking about the robot anymore. We're not. We're not. Cool, cool, cool. Arthur, you have three seconds to come out before I try to come in. One. Two. I'm sorry. Arthur! Arthur, let me in! Arthur! The door of the box doesn't budge. Mari tries a few more times. It doesn't work. She storms off in frustration. I'll just stay here then. Jeff tries to sit on the couch, but his progress is impeded by the large Scene two, the living room at night. Mari sneaks in, listens to make sure that Arthur is asleep. Has he taken the box? Sleeps quietly to the door once she's satisfied that he is. She slowly, quietly unlocks the door. Shh! If he wakes up, we'll, he'll hear what we're saying and we'll lose the element of surprise, okay? I've mostly figured out how to take the box apart. Arthur's good, but he's not that good. The trick will be what happens after we get him out. I still don't get why we have to sneak around so much instead of just telling him what's going on. 
I've tried several times for every conversation I have with him. There are five real true facts bouncing around out there to tell him something else. Why doesn't he ask you? Your guess is as good as mine. Just hang in there, babe. Who knows? Sooner or later, you'll be off your cycle and he'll probably come out of the box on his own and then we can hide it. No, he'll find it or, or build a new one. It's not enough to get him out of the box. We need to convince him that he doesn't need the box. But if he's not going to listen, Jeff, Jeff, I don't know what to do. I miss him. What I don't get is why hasn't he gone off the deep end yet? I feel like that's not entirely true. No, but the box isn't smell proof or like aura proof or whatever he's afraid is going to make him bite you, you know? But he still wasn't trying to bite you, even when he was looking right at you. So you'd think that'd be a clue, right? Mwah! Jeff, <laughs> you are a genius. Ah, genius. You should say that again when he's awake to hear it. <laughs> here's, okay, here's what we'll do. I've been looking at the box and it doesn't seem like it's reinforced on the inside. What do you want me to do? Okay, hold on, I'm getting to that now. Scene three, the same set, daytime again. By my math, she should be off of her cycle by 10 a.m. tomorrow at the earliest or 4.30 p.m. two days from now. And then I can put the box away for another month and everything goes back to normal. I wonder if Mari's washed her hair. Don't look at me like that. Half the things I learned during my research on human menstruation were about whether she should be washing her hair in her condition. It was a kind of an even split. Half of my sources said, do it or you'll die. And the other half said, don't do it. It'll affect your children. Eh, I trust her. Uh, it's kind of lonely in here. Lonely and dark. Also, don't tell Mari because I don't want her to worry about me, but I'm pretty sure there was a spider in here yesterday. Don't worry, I took care of it. I think, I hope. Mari's the spider wrangler around here. She's really, geez, I can't wait until this is over. I just have to focus on that, just Focus on, I really do love her, you know? She's, I mean, how many people would you build a giant metal safe to hide yourself from? I'm fine, really, it's great. I'm, it's surprisingly well ventilated in here. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Mari and Jeff enter with a purpose. She stops, turns abruptly towards Jeff, and gives him the signal. Mari scurries behind the box. Hey, friendo. Hi, acquaintance-o. So you built a box? Astute as ever, Jeff. Is there a reason you're here? You sure do like building things, don't you? Zardoz. Just ignore the Zardoz thing. It's just Jeff being Jeff. Who are you talking to? Don't worry about it. You were pretending to talk to an audience again, weren't you? 
Jeff, what's your point? No point. I'm just making small talk, man to man, or man to Liz. Uh, man to never mind <laughs> forget it <laughs> that's what I thought so like you do like building things you already said that yeah well that's because it's twice as true as I thought it was Jeff I know what you're <laughs> doing wait you do you're here to convince me to get out of the box will you no it's just that Mari misses you She'll be like, Jeff, you know what I miss? And I say, those sugar cookies with the bats on them that you can only get in October. And she says, yeah, but not as much as I miss Arthur. I miss her too. And you know, you're really hurting her feelings pretty bad. The word is badly. I'm hurting her feelings badly. Wait, I am? Yeah, she's all... I don't understand why Arthur's hiding from me. I've been going through this for years and he's never been afraid of me before. She thinks I'm afraid of her? I mean, you built a huge metal safe to keep her away. Was she supposed to think you? The huge metal safe shakes a little. What was that? I. Timothy wants to bite. What was, Jeff, you heard that too, right? Do you want to bite? Like, are you feeling the urge to bite? Mostly I'm feeling the urge to make sure the house isn't haunted or on a fault line or something. But no biting, no violence of any kind. No, of course I don't feel violent. Why would I? (laughs) Exactly, why would you? You're not making any- Another shake. Mari, come on, I was going somewhere with this. Mari's here? Oh, babe, did I just blow it? I just blew it, right? Mari, you can't be here, right? It's fine, Jeff. I almost got it. Got what? What are you? Look out! Look out for... Mari and Jeff begin to book it out of the way. With a loud crash, the box falls apart. Neither Mari nor Jeff are anywhere to be seen. Curse that girls in STEM camp. Mari, you need... Mari? Mari? Wait, if she was standing right here? This thing is metal. Metal is not light. What if she got crushed? Mari, Mari, where are you? Hold on, Mari, I'm coming. He can't find her anywhere. He does, however, find a human-sized lump under what used to be part of the box. He tries to lift it to no avail. Mari, Mari, are you okay? Mari, please answer me. She's, she's, what have I done? Mari pushes her way out from behind a piece of furniture, nowhere near the lump in the rubble. (laughs) I just, Wanted to keep her safe. (laughs) Bud, I'm fine. But I think Jeff is under here somewhere. Oh, well, that's not as bad then. Come on, help me find him. They lift the rubble off of the lump. You okay, babe? Uh, yeah. Well, great. 
Arthur, geez. No, that's not what I meant. I'm talking about the box being. Arthur, come he on. He starts to hide behind the couch. I don't Arthur, want to on. bite you, Mari. Okay, so don't. Please, Mari, you know what the human menstrual cycle can do. Arthur, when you talk like that, you make it sound like it's my fault, like it's my responsibility to control your biting habits. I mean, technically, as a pet owner. You know what I mean. Mari, if I hurt you, I'm never going to forgive myself. Please just- Arthur, when you were talking to Jeff earlier, did you feel like you wanted to attack people? No, wait. He asked me the same thing earlier. That's because I'd been there the whole time. You had? Yeah, right next to you. And you still didn't feel like biting anyone. No, I guess I didn't. So maybe me being on my period isn't the big catastrophe you thought it was? But what about all that stuff I read? about the magic and the toxins. Arthur, I still don't know why you don't just ask me. I'm right here. You can ask me whatever you want. I can? Sure, bud. Um, do you have magical powers right now? No, not that I know of, no. Did you do something to make this happen? Like, I can't imagine you doing anything bad. There was this one guy who said people only get their periods after. What? No. It just, it happens when you become a teenager. I feel kind of dumb asking about whether or not you have the power to rot vegetables right now. But there was this one article. I don't. But you shouldn't be afraid to ask a question. You promise? Even if it's a really stupid question? Better than a stupid mistake, right? <laughs> right. I'm sorry I ruined the living room. Again. We can fix it. Again. Can you get started with cleanup while I make sure Jeff doesn't have a concussion? Aye, aye. Mari guides Jeff off stage. I know what you're thinking. How many times does this guy need to fly off the handle with crazy biological assumptions before he figures it out? But I will get it, you know, eventually. In the meantime, though, he attempts to lift the wall of the box. He can't. He keeps trying. And if the members of the audience uh, want to turn on their mics to ask questions, uh, they can't. Um, I am AJ Campbell, and I am... <laughs> Hello, everybody's here. <laughs> and I'm the pro producer for the Quarantine Players. Um, let's talk to Monica Cross, our director. Hello. Monica, there was a lot I... of staging challenges in the show. Yes, uh, I, I read this play and I remember telling AJ how wonderful it was. And AJ was like, oh, do you want to direct it? 
And I was like, yes. So um, thank you, AJ, for you know uh, contacting Liz and uh, giving me the opportunity to direct this. Uh, it did have a lot of staging challenges, which I think is some of them I think were solved by Zoom and others were created by Zoom, right? Um, and I, I think that the Zoom screen really gives us uh, a great opportunity to play with um, the, a, a puppet version of Arthur, um, but the smashing up of an entire living room was not uh, something that we could visualize uh, in this setting. So um, I, I really think that it was an enormous amount of fun to, to do this in Zoom, um, but I would also really love to see this on a stage at some point. And I know that it has been in the past and I would love to see it again. Um, Scott, you, you played the voice of Arthur um, in the manner of a much younger Jacques Vallant, right? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, how was it voicing in Zoom? It seems uh, that time lags and everything can really trip us up. Um, yeah, the, the time, um, I mean, I th the, the biggest um, obstacle in, in Zoom is generally um, remembering to turn the mute on or not being aware that you've turned it off. Um, but, um, but with this, what, the, the challenge is that um, I'm, you know, um, Clay and I, Clay's operating the puppet, I'm doing the voice. So I really, um, I'm not really looking at the screen at all. So like 95% of what he's done, I won't, I haven't seen yet. So I'm looking forward to, 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 to seeing that. But yeah, um, it's, um, it's so much fun. And, um, you know, um, and, and um, like every now and then I have to take a visual cue off the screen. But yeah, the, the, it's just all about, um, about the text and then trying to get it right. And then knowing that, um, you know, like um, if, if you don't emphasize a word that's underlined and I'm thinking of a specific one that I missed, I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're just moving on. But um, but yeah, it, it was um, it was fun, and I I I I, I love it, and I, I'm not I'm not very good at memorizing things, so I was really happy to do it like with the script in front of me. Voiceover work is is some of the toughest acting gigs out there, uh, and vastly underrated by many people. Oh yeah, uh, the amount of sheer work it takes. Scott and I are a part of the same uh, playwriting collective, and and we have you know a lot of different things that we do as a group. And one of them is that we get together and share with one another plays that we've found on the new play exchange that we feel like everyone in the group should, should hear. Um, and so it's actually, that's how I, I first uh, found out about the, the first play. And then after we read it as a group, that's, you know, I discovered the, the sequel and Scott read the voice of, of Arthur in that reading and it instantly connected for me and I was like okay if I when I found out that I was going to direct it was like okay great so is Scott available and will Scott consent to performing <laughs> for me <laughs> it, it, it was an it was an honor and um and and um Monica and I because 
because um, it's so hard to sync those long speeches up with the, with the puppet. Um, Monica and I, we actually recorded them, but we didn't end up uh, due to a technical snafu. We weren't able to use the recording. So um, I, I asked tonight if I, I would be reading the whole thing or we were using the recordings and and she said we would be reading the whole thing. And I what, I said, it's, it's a pleasure to read all of these lines. It's truly Liz. Oh, uh, uh, it, it is a, it is a sheer joy to say these words. So I was I was actually kind of happy that the glitch happened. <laughs> no, you're crying. Uh. <laughs> no, you're Shut up. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, have you ever had an, an iguana try to explain something to you before? have not i uh i've never owned a lizard or can you say owned i don't know um <laughs> um got a couple of dogs though and they do talk to me i mean not i mean but <laughs> not in the same way that arthur does not in the same way i wish <laughs> that would be awesome well menstruation is one of those things that is incredibly misunderstood and um, I think Arthur has has a sense of being this like teenage boy almost, uh, you know, that curiosity and just total confusion. And then now there's the internet to make matters so much worse. <laughs> totally. But ever patient in, in the role, right? Arthur? Uh, you were ever patient Me? with Arthur. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i'm actually a mom i have a an eight-year-old and I, it was and i have the dogs and so it was very much i was feel i felt like okay I'm, it's somewhere between talking to my dog and talking to my daughter is how i talk to arthur yeah <laughs> very neat um clayton you you actually made all the puppets here tonight right yes i made all i made the box i made the Gundam, and I made this guy by the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you know, it was it was a great experience, and it was it was a weird experience to do over Zoom. But you know, working from home and creating intricate things such as Arthur, it was definitely a new experience that I enjoyed. Um, and Zoom was something, especially since we had this Wi-Fi cut out earlier. But we got through it. <laughs> I'll never know. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. Only if Nobody they read your book and watch this. <laughs> um, Draper, your uh, role was so much fun. Just like the life of the party when things are getting really serious. Like you're the person yes. I want. Uh, I, I want you at every single party that I ever have. Jeff is fun. Um, Jeff is so supportive. That's what I love about Jeff. That was what was so exciting to me about Jeff. Um, when I first read the script, after Monica gave it to us, I was like, he loves her. And that's what was exciting to play. So I feel his joy, his, his effervescence comes from a place of love and desire for um, Mari. And that's always fun to play. And I, anything that's full of desire and love and um, that's what I want to play. So I feel that's really where it comes from to me. It's about her, really, and supporting her. And I think just the intimacy of what she's going through as a woman, for him to be a man in that moment and still just say, I'm available to understand. Um, 
teach me too. I just thought that's like the ultimate expression of love. So I was, I, I had a ball. It's just, it was wonderful. Everything. I think Jeff walks the fine line between supportive and helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in there. Gail, you were on. Gail, you were on stage directions. There's a lot of fun stage directions in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't do them all. We acted. Uh, acted most of them out and just tried to focus it just on what may not have been able to be visualized in Zoom or it was a point where it just needed a little bit extra clarification. Cool. Well, and now not by any means least, our playwright. Give it up for Ms. Liz Dooley. Clapping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about the um, genesis of this play series. Um, okay, so kind of a long, weird story that some of you might judge me for. Um, I think I got the idea years ago when I was in college when um, from like a throwaway line in a article on cracked.com back when cracked.com was a thing people read unironically and um, remember those days? I barely do but um, <laughs> there was some line about like iguanas It was some, some fun fact about iguanas will bite people on their periods except not all the time and also they will just sometimes bite for no reason so I was like well that's helpful um, but there was a throwaway line at the end of like, maybe it's trying to put you out of your misery because nothing can bleed that long without dying. And I was like, eh, that's funny. And I guess my brain held on to it. Um, fast forward to my mid twenties. Um, I am kind of in the middle of a depressive funk, a, a pretty bad one. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to write something that's absolutely, am I allowed to swear? Yes. Go ahead, please. I'm we gonna encourage write it. It's absolutely goddamn ridiculous. And it's going to, um, and no it's never gonna see the light of day it's just for me to see this for, for, for shiggles I'm gonna see if I can do it and just every time I got Kate went back into that funk I just went back and looked at it and laughed again but I kept like editing it like it is even funnier and eventually it got to the point where I was like what would happen if I let other people in on the joke um and uh, people apparently really liked it um the only person who has who's kind of ambivalent about it that I've met is my dad he likes my sadder stuff so um so i just i we can talk about that several writing groups that i was in and i got positive stuff so i'm just like you know what f it we're doing it and that's how iguana one started and then iguana two was just like i have a lot of ideas and i don't think i'm done with these people and also i low-key wanted to see what would happen if jeff really did kill mari so i was like See that. Um, so I, I did. And you and you're planning uh, a possible sequel, but possible. you're but we're not talking about it yet. It's all under wraps. It's yeah. I don't know how likely it is to hit see the light of day. Um, I guess it depends on if I get depressed again. But um, so let's all 
pray for that. Anyway, um, I it I can what I can say is um, if it if it comes to see the light of day, then one, the series is called the Iguaniad now, and two, <laughs> she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course, the question is where where do we lay the eggs? <laughs> yeah, it's this. I think it's the thing. Uh, I'm. I want to. Uh, God, I'm trying to see if I want to talk about this or not. You don't have like, to. You don't have, like just like just like let it be pregnancy. a surprise for us all. We yeah, just I like am... a real pregnancy. You don't want to talk about it until you you're sure everything's gonna go all right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I have I. I have ideas for the third one, um, but I can't, I don't want to get, I don't feel comfortable guaranteeing. Um, you don't have to. It, but there is a chance that Iguana 3, I really did make a series out of this, didn't I, is going to hit the public consciousness. A Sorry, budding talking franchise. Too much. You what? have a budding, budding franchise going. Huh? <laughs> just the trilogy. Just Lord of the Rings it. It's going to be great. Um, well, I am certainly ecstatic that this did not just stay a play that you know you you kept in a, a desk drawer I'm, I'm so glad that you've shared it with us and i'm so glad that we get to share it with everyone <laughs> never thought that my little inside joke to myself was gonna like resonate with people i honestly the first three times i showed it to literally anyone i was like they're going to hate it i am a terrible writer this is absolutely bug fuck crazy and I guess not. I guess it worked. It's strangely great educational theater, too. Yeah. How'd that happen? You know, I, I also, my day job is I teach at a preschool and after school thing, and there are some kids who are coming up on there. Um, and I was just, I was low key like, I could just like send this. Because <laughs> it's, it's got to be. It's gotta be less awkward than like talking to your parents about it. Just watch, just just watch the reptile. <laughs> everything, everything will make sense. Um, that was the other thing that kind of. I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but I'm very excited about this piece. Um, it's there wasn't kind of a a lot of. I grew up in a household full of women and the one dude who was in women's health uh, worked in women's health at the time so there was no menstrual taboo so when I hit the real world and everyone was like oh she's riding the Red Sea and it's Shark Week I'm like this is a period dude and I kind of just wanted to reflect that in educational in something quasi-educational just be like don't be afraid of it it's gonna happen um it's not fun but it won't you know kill you and it's not something to be ashamed of having, per se. And it does stop. <laughs> Eventually. In the macro and in the micro. Can't. Naturally and with help from others. I, I thought I saw someone with a raised hand in the uh, chat a while back. but That was me. I had a question. Oh, yes. Oh, go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Diana Sanchez. I'm an actor as well here supporting Draper and his lovely. This production was so awesome. Um, I was very happy to 
just listen and and enjoy the Zoom theater experience. Um, and so my question is actually for the actors, like how was that for you? How did you feel about the rehearsal process and how did you find a connection with your scene partners through the screen? Because before, you know, there's like the fourth wall of the audience that sort of like feeds your performance, but then here, you're just seeing like for right now, like I don't have my video on, but like how how does that um, enhance or maybe not so much enhance the performance because you're talking to this like little tiny square or you're doing it on your phone or, you know, it just, there's so many aspects of it that are different in this way. And so I'm curious to hear how that was for, for all of you guys. Thank you. Who would like to go first and answer? I have an answer. Um, first of all, thank you for your question. Um, I actually think what helps is that this is a reading. And so we are looking up. So my script is behind my camera. So we are looking up. And so that helps a little bit with that kind of well, what, where should I be looking? How should I be? We're not actually um, reacting the way we normally would. Um, the other thing, uh, gosh, there was something else that you're question made me think of just so all the the connections we had to kind of build in rehearsal just kind of memorize almost um and I was saying to everybody oh that's what it was I said to everybody before we got here uh it's strange that I got nervous before this and I've acted on stage before <laughs> numerous times and I don't usually get nervous because I like the audience there I like the feeling of people and so it is a little strange I will mm -hmm. say this zoom theater Does anybody else want to take that question? It was definitely a strange process for, I feel, both me and Scott. Um, <laughs> Scott was talking about earlier, <laughs> the voice. Um, it was a whole different feeling than like acting on stage with another person because we both had to come together to make this one character. And, you know, I would go off of Scott and Scott would go off with me for all the talking, but you know, in the end, we all had to make one character and making that character interact with both Jeff and Mari. It was, you know, it was a lot of fun and it was definitely weird in a Zoom setting. I'm not a writer, but I feel like there's a metaphor there with like the mech suit and, and the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, totally. it was, uh, yes. We're not supposed to talk about the robot anymore. We're not supposed to talk about the robot. But yeah, um, uh, and what's weird and what's very different in Zoom than it is, um, it, uh, you know, IRL is um, like if we were for some reason, if I were voicing the, the, the puppet and, and Clay were operating it and we were in the same room together, it would be very different. But here we're kind of doing it in a bubble. Um, and, um, and like I said, I, I really can't see most of what he's doing in these images that he's uh creating but um but it it was just um really we we just kind of have to um you know i, I felt bad for clay because i i mean i'm i'm going to try to read it as close uh, closely or as similarly as i can each time but i'm also making discoveries each time so things are different so each time i do it it, it sounds differently so whatever he got used to the time before is now 
at least slightly different. So there's um, um, so that there, there's never the same thing for for you to work with. So I'm I'm sorry my artistic evolution may have thrown you. No okay. problem. Excellent. Thank you, Clay. <laughs> Does anybody else have any questions? Uh, did Graper, did you have a, a response uh, to the question about Zoom performance? Uh, <clears throat> how did I build a relation? How did I build with um, Mari and how did I build with Arthur? The, the text for me, uh, it has so much curiosity in it. So I just leaned into really actively listening every time we rehearsed to say, well, what do they think? What does Mari think? What does Arthur think? So that was really fun for me just to, that's how I built a relationship um, with them and just listening to them really because the text is just so rich because it's just so curious. Every line is something new and I really had to actively listen to hear what they said back. So that's how I kind of forged my relationship, which was so much fun because um, I kind of agree with you 100% Scott. It was just so much in it that every time with your discovery, I heard Arthur make those discoveries. I say, wait a minute, what does Arthur really think? So that's how I could just build that intimacy um, in this medium because I had to really listen truly, which was so good and fun. And it was wonderful. It really was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Thank you guys. Was there any other questions or? Well, let's take that opportunity to wrap up and say thank you all to all the actors who give generously of their time. And thank you to Monica who wrangled this whole thing out of thin air and Liz who gave us this wonderful piece to work from. Thank you guys so much. This has been amazing, wonderful. I love, sorry, words. This is why I write people to use words for me. Um, so so clay do not throw away the puppet oh no i've already talked with monica uh i'm putting it on you know a mannequin hand so he'll just be in my life forever it, it may come yeah. out of retirement number three you never know never <laughs> know um we'll have this uh show the audio from the show up on our podcast and it'll be available on our YouTube channel. And it might just make some appearances on social media, little bits of it anyway. Uh, so please uh, like, share, send it around. Tell everybody how excited you are about it. And uh, help us spread the word. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, all. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information about Quarantine Players, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash quarantine players. As Shakespeare said in Julius Caesar, if we do meet again, why, we shall smile. If not, why then, this parting was well made.